0: in your presence I just want to sorry When I've just gone through the motions I'm sorry When I just sang another song, take me back to where I started I opened up my heart to you And I'm sorry I've come with my agenda I'm sorry When I forgot that you're enough Take me back to where we started I open up my heart to you oh, I'm caught up in your presence I just want to sit here at your feet I'm caught up in this holy moment I never want to leave Oh, I'm not here for blessings Jesus, you don't owe me anything More than anything that you can do I just want you I just want you And nothing else And nothing else Nothing else will do. I just want you, and nothing else, and nothing else, nothing else will do. I just want you, and nothing else, and nothing else. Nothing else will do I just want you Nothing else Nothing else Nothing else will do Oh, I'm sorry when I've just gone through the motions, I'm sorry. When I just sing another song, take me back to where we started. I'll open up my heart to you. Oh, I'm sorry. When I've come with my agenda, I'm sorry. When I just say, You're enough, take me back to where I started. I open up my heart to you. Oh, take me back to where we started i open up my heart to you.
1: Thanks, God, that is our prayer. We come to you honest tonight, honest and humble, and we just want to be not only worship leaders, but we want to be, we want to be worshipers. We want to be true worshipers. We, we can't lead anyone in anything we're not doing ourselves. And so God, we take this time, we take this moment just to recenter, refocus, remember that you are enough. You are the goal, you are the mission. You are the sole reason that we are even alive. And so God, we pray right now that you would help us to always keep that close to who we are, close to our hearts. Help us grow tonight as worship leaders. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, we're gonna. I'm gonna show a brief little clip of a message from a worship conference, it's about five minutes, so not long at all. Um, David Platt preaching from Nehemiah chapter twelve. Um, it's at a worship conference. He's talking about um, congregational singing. Um, it's a. It's an interesting point. He brings up a lot of interesting points. It's kind of a, uh, a rich, uh, sort of clip. Um, you may be wondering why we're going to watch a clip about congregational singing as, you know, those part of the worship team. But um, I, think, I think it'll make sense after we watch the video. So, Ron, if you'll, if you'll play that clip for us. Thank you, sir.
2: We're participating as the people of God. Look how many people are involved in this. It's not just a few individuals coming together. This is the entire community of faith gather together in worship, which is the same reality in a sense that we experience every Sunday. We're not just merely a congregation of individuals in a room as a local church. We're a community of faith. It's that, it's that moment when anybody who's leading musical worship, and they say, well, hey, just, just draw a box around yourself. I don't know exactly what that means, but draw a box around yourself. And just think about yourself for a while. It's like, no, no, that's for your prayer closet. That was for my time with... The Lord this morning, when we gather together for, for worship, we're congregation, we're a community. The last thing we need to do is pretend there's nobody else around us. I and mean, how does that make the person next to us feel? Hey, box between you and me. No. They matter. To this whole picture, we're the community of faith gathered together and nobody's a... So, so we don't draw boxes around ourselves, and we're not we're not spectators in this thing. I love how Nehemiah goes out of his way to show us that everybody's involved, this the women and children, verse 43. He just wants to make sure the picture's clear and may it be clear, and our lives, our leadership, the worship is not a spectator sport, it is a participants' activity. The only spectators in Nehemiah chapter 12 are the unbelieving nations around Jerusalem. So that's what part of what I mean, when you think radical witness of congregational singing. And there's a word for us here, especially when so many of us worship in theater-style rooms where everything is made to happen to center on what happens on the stage. We need to realize and constantly emphasize. We don't come together to observe worship. We come together to engage in worship. We sing God's praises together. We read and scripture, study scripture together. We pray together. We can never let worship decompose into a vicarious experience where the many are in the congregation merely watching the few on the platform who are at best worshiping and at worst are performing. We must zealously avoid the spectator approach to congregational singing. Mean, and how do we guard against this? Well, just think about the effects of participation in congregational singing, So at least four effects, there's tons of them, but in this text, one, it encourages our faith. It encourages our faith. Can you imagine being a part of this scene? So yes, they're, they're celebrating the glory of God, but can you imagine how your faith would be strengthened by being a part of this? Which we know is exactly what New Testament worship is about. When we read in Ephesians chapter five, Be filled with the spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making a melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Like Addressing one another in psalms, hymns and spiritual songs. One of the clearest mandates for corporate worship of the New Testament, and it's impossible to do that in solitude. God tells us to speak to one another in song. Biblically, we're told to get together, sing to one another. Not just to God, but to sing about God to one another. I can think of very awkward moments in pastoral ministry for me when I was teaching on this. And just say that before a song and just be like, all right, don't look up here. Just start looking right next to each other while we sing this song. And people couldn't do it. And I get it, it's totally awkward. Like, but you think about some of our favorite, crown him with many crowns. We're singing that to each other. Right? So, 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 all hail the power of Jesus' name. That's exhortation to one another. And going on and on and on. So, we're just, especially the way we are doing worship, we've got to be very careful to make sure that we're not missing what the New Testament, what Scripture is teaching here. That encouraging one another in our faith. And expressing, so another effect, expresses our unity. The unity of God's people is all over this passage. Now, what I love is there's variety in unity. There's choirs, there's people going different ways, they're doing different things, they're using all kinds of different instruments. So there's variety, but there's unity in the middle of it all. And the the key word there, the effect we're expressing our unity in congregational singing. So our singing does not create unity. You look back at Nehemiah chapter 8, verse one, they were unified around the word. They opened the word, they were all unified as one man opening the word. So when we get to Nehemiah chapter 12, their worship is an expression of the unity God had given them in his word, which is huge for us. We've got to make sure we, we don't make the mistake of thinking that music is what unifies us in worship. What unifies us in worship? We're unified because of the gracious work of Christ in each one of our lives, because of the salvation we have received through his word. So when we come together for corporate worship, our seeing, our studying glorifies God by expressing the unity that Christ bought for us a really important word when there have been in last quarter century of the church all kinds of debates and disagreement about what musical style will unite us and we cannot expect music to do what only the gospel can do it's not music that unites us it's the gospel that unites us and so the focus in our worship is not primarily on style of music, but on the substance of what Christ has accomplished in us.
1: Kind of a rich word, am I right? It's not, uh, it's not music that unites us, although we are united when we sing. It's the gospel uh, that unites us. Um, and for that reason... Um, this is this is something that that i i am very passionate about um, as your shepherd um as as a worship leader um, that we should strive after gospel centered worship um christ centered gospel centered worship in everything we do um i remember uh, i've i've had this conviction for a while um but it didn't really didn't really uh, it hit me biblically, I guess I should say, um, until until I began to serve in Winona, Mississippi, um, at a church where um, the substance of the song was not at all the focus. Um, it was the the time period in which the song was written. And that, that led me to think through some things of, what, you know, why are we here? What are we singing about? Like, why, why are we even coming to this big room together to sing songs together? What's the point? Why are we doing this? Um, and that's when God led me to this verse, Colossians 3.16. Um, some, some of you in the room uh, were on the, the search committee whenever I came, but I remember uh, someone asked some, some question um, do you have any kind of a ministry philosophy or something along those lines? Um, And that's when that that was, I I could tell God had prepared me for that moment because it was only recently whenever I discovered Colossians 3.16 and and thought that is, as a worship team, this is our ministry philosophy. Um, And so I have spoken that several times here at this church, but if you have never heard this, I wanted to... uh, be reminded, take a moment to remember what we are about. So Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. I want to go back and kind of piece out a few of those little phrases. Um, but first off, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Um, I believe that when we come together, the songs that we sing are to be b- biblical. They're are, they're, they cannot be counter to the Bible. Um, and so we have to be careful the words that we are rehearsing and, and repeating to ourselves and to one another. If they're not biblical, then we're not building a, a great view of God. Um, and we want, we want the Word of Christ to dwell in us richly in that it's all, God's Word is always coming to mind. That's the beauty of singing. And, and and the utility of music is that when we sing the Bible, God has created us in such a way that we remember the Bible. Um, I remember when I was uh, in high school, and um, I was tasked with remembering the preamble to the Constitution. Anybody in the room have to memorize the preamble to the Constitution? Um, well, I did, and it was the night before the, the recitation of the preamble to the Constitution, and I, I remember stressing out uh i'm like mom i can't remember this i don't i don't know what i'm going to do this is not working and then lo and behold my mom said well why don't you just sing the song there was a little uh what was it not school of rock but there, there was a little a little song that went along with the preamble to the constitution and it took me a matter of 15 minutes and i had that thing down pat i'm like mom why why are you just not telling me this there's a pre, there's a preamble to the Constitution song, and you just now enlightened me. Um, God's created our minds in such a way that we somehow we just we remember things that we sing, and so we need to take extra care that the things that we sing, especially together in church, are biblical biblical songs. Um, next is teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. I love what David Platt said about. When we come together, we as a unified corporate body are singing. Um, we are doing that together. We are encouraging one another, ad- admonishing uh, one another, uh, teaching one another. Uh, but what's beautiful is we are also communicating, communing with God. It's this, it's this beautiful thing that, that while we are speaking praises to God in honesty and humility, come before him and we say, this is who I believe you are. We are teaching and admonishing one another. Um, we are doing that as the church together. And um, that's, <laughs> I love when he said the, the box around you. You know, there, there are times for that, but that's not in the corporate setting. Put the box around you. That's not, that's not why we come together uh, in this room. Um, that is for your personal time with God. That's when you can have the box, right? That's that's the prayer time. Whenever you're not around other people, when you are around other people, we worship together. Uh, we worship corporately, right? Teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Um, what these are, um, and this is an interpretation, but I don't I don't know how else you might interpret these songs or how these categories, because this is how these songs have been historic or these types of songs have been historically used. Psalms, well, first of all, we see a variety of songs. We see three different categories, you could say, of, of songs. Um, these are, this is a variety. Um, but the variety includes psalms, which historically the church has sang psalms to remember what God has done throughout history, throughout the people of Israel, the chosen nation, um, remember what God has done and what he was going to do um, through Christ. Hymns are uh, those songs that we sing about Christ, about the Messiah, about the one who, um, just about Jesus, the, that time when we remember exactly what Christ has done. And then spiritual songs are songs about um, how the Spirit is working and moving in the church today. Um, how, how, and all of those, again, centered on the Bible, letting the Word of Christ dwell in us richly. And so when we sing, Um, there, there are innumerable amounts of songs, great songs, beautiful songs, songs with great words. Um, but when we come together corporately to worship, the songs that we choose to sing are those remembering what God has done through Israel, uh, declaring, remembering what Christ has done as our Messiah and proclaiming and remembering what God is doing and and will do through the church, um. There are, so I, and I'm a, I'm a music fan. I love any kind of music, really. I mean, I challenge you to find a song I don't love, and y- you will fail, because there's, I just love music, everything about it. Um, however, I just know that when we come together, our time, our time is short, and we want to use that time to let the word of Christ dwell in us richly, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And then the end of that um, verse, with thankfulness, in your hearts to God. That's that mysterious moment of we're coming before God. We are communing with God. We are saying things about God and to God and, and just being in awe of him, who he is, what he's done um, simultaneously while simultaneously encouraging one another, encouraging the faith of the church. And so, um, so that is first Baptist church Sotillo ministry philosophy. Um, that is, that is what I hold to. Um, not, not every church's ministry philosophy is the same, but I think Colossians 3.16 is, 316 is extremely helpful for us um, in deciding how we're going to use our time together wisely. Um, now, now we're going to talk about some things that I think I failed to give you uh, in the last three years I've been here. Um, I think we might have talked about these things um, kind of, um, informally or in passing, um, but these, these, are, these are some statements I want to give to you, values, what we as a church, what we as a worship team value here at uh, First Baptist Church, Saltillo. And again, church, different churches will list their values differently, um, and I'll, I'll explain kind of some, some reasons for my choosing these set of values. This is kind of a manifesto, Um, And so really quick, I've got seven statements for you, okay? Seven statements of what we value, what we're about, what what we want to be known for as FBCS worship team. The first is we choose the word of God over the words of people. We choose the word of God over the words of people. Psalm 119, 105 said, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And so this goes back to, biblical singing this goes back to uh, music and worship styles this goes to um, it's even um, has to do with what what God says about us versus what people say about us um, and I firmly believe that every person in this room has a history has a past has things in their life that they regret um, and I think I don't think God calls the qualified I think he Oh, what's the phrase he doesn't he doesn't uh call the equipped he equips the called or something like that. is that it? Um, every person in this room if there if there is one person in this room who's unfit for ministry, every person in this room is unfit for ministry. Your past does not um dictate how you can serve God right now. um I believe that, and I stand by that. so we choose the word of God, the word of grace, the word of uh the gospel, over the words of people. Second is we love and worship Jesus above everything else. First Corinthians eight six says, uh, "Yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom all things, uh, from whom are all things, and for whom we exist. The one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom are all things, and through whom we exist. So everything we do as a worship team, every person in this room, everything we do." needs to be about pointing people to Jesus, not just providing enjoyable uh, music or even just an enjoyable time together. Um, And when I say everything, I mean, you know, I'm talking the choir, I'm talking instrumentalists, uh, vocalists um, leading, uh, those guys back in the sound booth. Everything that we do as a worship team, we need to remember that Jesus is worth our worship. Jesus is worth everything we have. And we are in the business of inviting people into that. Um, That's that's our job as the worship team. And so we love and worship Jesus above everything else. Um, Number three, we depend on the power of the Spirit rather than our power. Uh, Romans 8, 5 through 8 says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Uh, For the mind that is set on flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And I'll confess to you, um, this this area, at least what what we what I mean by we depend on the power of the Spirit rather than our power, I think this is where I fail the most um, because I think far too often I will um, enter a worship service somewhere where I'm leading um, and I will depend on my preparation. I'll depend on um, my rehearsal, my practice, um, making sure everything is perfectly in place and I will... Uh, believe the lie that that is sufficient for leading in worship that if i'm if i just got on you know cross all my t's and dot my i's then then i'm good to go um all the while <laughs> my preparation was prayerless essentially um listen this morning is a testament to you can do everything you can to prepare and things will go wrong am i right Rama um things will go wrong um, I can't even like I can't even begin to list all the things that went wrong this morning. It was it was crazy. Um, not you guys. You guys were phenomenal. It was just it was technology. It was um, the things that you can't foresee, um, and that was one of those moments where I got so focused on the tedious little things of of the the, the things of the worship service, um, and then I kind of got distracted a little bit, not thinking about the spirit that is at work and can be at work in and through us. And so we, we depend, we rely on the power of the Spirit rather than our power. Um, next, we choose servanthood over stardom. Servanthood over stardom. Matthew 20, uh, 26 to 28 says this, It shall not be... So among you, this is the scene uh, where the mother is requesting that the sons of Zebedee, her sons, be at the right hand of Jesus um, in, the, in the New Jerusalem. And so um, it says, It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many." Um, So I, I know, and I think all of us in the room know, that music uh, provides a great opportunity uh, to be put on a pedestal. Um, you have a great voice, you have a great talent with an instrument, nothing wrong with those things. Um, you know how to how to work a computer or a soundboard well, nothing wrong with those things, but that provides the opportunity uh, to be placed on a pedestal. And it also provides, or it comes with the temptation to seek out that pedestal, to want to be praised more than we want to do our jobs well. Um, and so that's why I have this statement, we choose servanthood over stardom. And so what we do when we lead others to worship is nothing more than and nothing less than doing everything we can to help people encounter Jesus. Servanthood over stardom. We are serving people, um, praying, seeking the help of the Holy Spirit, um, so that maybe our brothers and sisters may encounter Jesus while we ourselves, with thankfulness in our hearts to God, right? So the next one kind of goes hand in hand, but it's, it's a little bit different. We consider others more important than ourselves. Pretty much comes um, straight from Scripture, Philippians 2, 3, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Um, i always go back to those words of C.S. Lewis who said, um, Humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. Um, we consider others more important than ourselves, or we're just focused on the needs of others more than our own needs. Um, not necessarily a, an importance uh, kind of thing, although that is the Word of God, and we choose the Word of God over the words of people. Amen? Amen. Um, so any thoughts or words that are rooted in, man, I, I'd, I'd rather we do this, or I don't like this, or I don't understand why I have to do this. Um, I, think, I think you ought to be careful with those sorts of statements because that may be revealing uh, in us a heart that is not considering others more important than ourselves. Um, and I also hold myself to that standard. I mean, uh, when I'm planning a worship service, if I'm if I'm choosing to do things based on my own tes- uh, tastes and preferences, um, once again, I don't I'm not considering others more important than um, myself. My goal is always to uh, choose songs and and create moments um, and opportunities um, that prepare our hearts to hear God's word being preached. That's always my goal, and my goal is always to lead worship in a way that invites others in not just for my own enjoyment once again that's that's the prayer closet moment that's when we are on our own when we're driving down the car or we're driving down the road in in our car Um, that's the moment where um, we can have that space to just enjoy god in, in our favorite ways, think about God in, 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 in the light that we that we love, that it just really speaks to us. But when we gather together corporately, uh, we as a body are thinking of others and how we can lead others um, the best way possible. Um, next, we focus on character over ability. Character over ability. Uh, I initially said we focus on character over competence because I thought C's would be cool. But then I thought, you know what? I don't want to insult these folks. Um, character over ability. Here's what I mean by that. Um, I'm so blessed, like beyond blessed, to have a room full of talented, gifted, servant-hearted individuals and, you know, a collective group who, um, I mean, you guys are so talented. You all have abilities um, that are above average, above par, and or um, below par. For the golfers in the room, Um, I've never quite known how to use that phrase, but um, you guys are so gifted. Um, However, um, I am more concerned with every one of you being a a healthy disciple um, that wants to make other disciples of Jesus. And so what is a healthy disciple? This may be a little bit familiar to some of you in the room, and I hope that it is. Uh, we believe that a healthy disciple, uh, I'll give you a, a helpful acronym, uh, SALT, S-A-L-T, SALT. Uh, we, be, we believe a, a healthy disciple is one who is spending meaningful time with God, corporately and private, privately. Uh, One who is accountable to others, other Christians, other believers in smaller groups or in just friendships and relationships. Uh, We place ourselves in the position to be accountable. We seek out that accountability um, and for others to help us grow and mature. Um, A healthy disciple is one who is loving others through serving. That is how we, um, any Daniel Tiger fans in the room? That's what I'm talking about. I'm trying to remember the Daniel Tiger song, um, but and I can't remember it. John Asa could sing it for you. But the song essentially goes, if you want to show someone that you love them, do something for them or make something for them, I think is the song, is how the song goes. Um, that's how we show our love for people. We serve them, and that's how, we, that's how Jesus modeled his services through his, through his sacrificial love. So spending meaningful time with God, A, is accountable to others, in, uh, groups and relationships. L is loving others through serving, and T is telling others about Jesus or sharing your faith with others. Um, if you're missing one of those elements or even just deficient in one of those elements, this does not mean that you are not saved. It means that it might be a little bit, uh, might reveal a little bit of unhealth, if that's a word, a lack of health, uh, in your, as a disciple. Um, and so, um, I think all of us are always, let me, let me just kind of level with you, all of us are always trying to better ourselves in one of those areas as disciples of Christ. Um, but here's the, here's the deal, here's the kicker, okay? This is why we focus on character over ability. If you're missing one of those, oh, I'm sorry, um, no matter your ability, no matter how talented you are, um, if you are not committed to being a healthy disciple of Jesus, um, your leadership is going to suffer for it; it just will. That's we we are about disciples making disciples. Um, and if you if you don't if you don't commit yourself to being a healthy disciple, your talent you, you can be super talented, but your leadership is going to lack uh, somewhere. There's there's still um, greener pastures to be found, um, and so that's that, that's why we focus on character over ability. And lastly, number seven. We believe every member is a minister. Every member is a minister. Um, surprisingly, this this surprises me. Um, sometimes this is a little bit controversial. Like sometimes people are like, mm, "No, sir, we pay you to be the minister." Um, and and I want to I want to shed some light on what I mean by We believe every member is a minister. Um, this is Ephesians, Ephesians four eleven through sixteen. Um, sheds light on what the minister's job is or you can use the word shepherd uh, what the shepherd's job is listen to this and he gave the apostles the prophets the evangelists the shepherds and the teachers listen to this to equip the saints you guys for ministry or for the work of ministry for building up the body of christ Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood. When you hear manhood, think just the state of being man, being human. Uh, So you could, I'm not trying to be PC here, but you you can just say humanhood, his or her hood, if you want. Um, Anyway, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children In love, every minute, every member of this church, every member of this worship team is a minister. You each have a significant, um, irreplaceable role uh, on this worship team, um, which leads us into um, it's a perfect segue into some goals. And this is the last thing I want to talk about. I want us to look about, look at the future. I want us to think about how are we going to employ these. Values. How are we going to employ this manifesto, if you will? Um, what is what is that going to change? Uh, well, first of all, um, because as a minister, um, I believe that I do the church a disservice by being the predominant voice uh, on a weekly basis. Um, I do. Um, first of all, because I don't love my voice, and second of all, because. All of you have leadership qualities as well. Um, And so what I would love, I would love this, if, if we stopped viewing ourselves as a bunch of folks supporting the worship leader and started viewing ourselves as a group of worship leaders all unified in the same goal, creating space for people to encounter Jesus. And when we view ourselves that way, I'm thinking about, you know, uh, last week, I guess, Brad and Heidi led beautifully in worship. Um, you know, I I am happy, and I view it as my job to shepherd this group, um, but that does not mean that I have to be the one singing every Sunday, or I have to be the one leading every Sunday. I think, I think plenty of the people in this room are gifted to do that. And so I think it would be beautiful um, if, you know, I would play... Guitar one Sunday, or maybe not play anything. Play drums one Sunday, and um, we're just all kind of shifting around roles uh, depending on uh, gifting, and um, and we're all just sharing the task of leading the church in worship. I think um, I think that would help. I think that would be a beautiful thing. Um, number two, this is kind of a big. A big goal, a big dream, uh, and it may not happen next year, but I think it's something that we ought to kind of bear in mind. Um, Thinking like the early church, um, I think it would be awesome if we uh, wrote some of our own songs. If we had gospel-centered songs, rooted or or kind of inspired by rooted in the gospel, inspired by you know events in in the life of our church that were personal to us, how awesome would that be? How much more personal would the worship time be, if these were our songs that we want to declare to each other and to God together, I think that would be great. Um, I also want to, um, and I've I've wanted to do this since I've come here, and for whatever reason it just hasn't happened, um, I want to attend some worship conferences um, that encourage our hearts, that that help us think rightly about worship way better than I can explain myself. Uh, I would love to grow as a worship leader, um, and I also want all of us, myself included, to have um, have a way to better our craft. I think we all, I'm, I'm always grateful that every person in the room is um, wants to improve your, in, your craft and takes initiative to improve your craft. Um, but there are people much better than I am to help you with that. And I think that would be wonderful if we could find um, a place there just to grow together. I think that would be fun to... Um, Uh, Another goal that I have is to uh, invest more in the youth worship ministry uh, and steward the gifts and talents that we have there. Um, You guys do a phenomenal job uh, leading worship on Wednesdays. I love it. I love that our students are leading our students in worship. It's so beautiful. Uh, So thank you guys for what you do. Um, I want to help you guys as best as I can. Um, And so um, any way that I can ever help you, please let me know. Um, And I also have some ideas on on some ways that we can um ways that we might can improve some things too. So I'm excited about that. Um and then one other one other goal that I'll share with you is um maybe plan some worship nights. Um plan some worship nights either here in the church or out in the community as an outreach event. Uh it's another one of those things I've always wanted to do and it just hasn't happened. And so um hoping to do that in the very near future um and use you guys um, worship with you guys In that time um, There's I, there, there are other things that I want to do um, As far as you know technology and live stream goes um, In the worship ministry um, And you know there, There's other goals Other fun things that I want to do Throughout the year uh, But my main goal above all This is what I want you guys to remember This is what I want to encourage you guys As we, as we uh, leave here um, I want to encourage you guys um, to uh, place, place top priority on um, being a healthy disciple. Uh, remember that acronym, SALT. If you remember that acronym and don't remember what the letters mean, text me later. I'd love to uh, help you out there. Um, being a healthy disciple is what we are about. We are disciples making disciples, and we just happen to be doing that through music. Um, and so I want to encourage you guys, get serious about that. Um, that can't go by the wayside. I, I'm working every day to better myself in that area, and so I am with you there. I uh, just want to encourage you guys um, to be mindful of that. Um, and I'm looking forward to um, some things that will be launched uh, in January. Um, again, once again, some of you guys are familiar with this. Um, things like a mission statement. How many of you guys know our church's mission statement currently? Exactly. Um, so it doesn't matter how well written a ministry statement is, or mission statement is if nobody knows it. Um, what I will tell you is the mission statement that we have currently um, is beautiful. I don't, fit, I don't think it fits, and we don't think it fits our current context. And so it, it was written several years ago. We want to update that to what we're doing now, what we're about now. Mission statement, core values, um, which as, as a church— Uh, we're, we're developing core values and as well as a discipleship strategy. Um, all of those things will give direction to ministry as a whole. And so I'm super excited about that. Be, be looking forward to that in the future. Um, and be cheerleaders for it. Um, you know, God is about, God is about unity in the church. Um, he looks for unity in the church and, um, you know, we've, we've got, uh, groups of folks who are working hard to get all of our ministries on track and to a unified, streamlined mission uh, so that we can be more effective. Um, Naysayers and grumbling doesn't really help. I don't think I have any of those in this room, but if you're ever tempted to be one of those people, just don't because it doesn't help. (laughs) Um, But listen, every person in this room is a worship leader. You can't lead in worship if you're not worshiping God yourself. Every person in this room is a disciple maker, and you can't lead someone else to be something that you are not. And so I just want to encourage you guys, strive to be a healthy disciple with me. We're doing this together. Um, I am so thankful for every one of you. I've held you long enough. Um, See a lot of yawning, and that's okay. I'm I'm right there with you. But listen, I love you so much. I want to encourage you um, just to keep doing what you're doing. I cannot, I cannot even begin to name all of the compliments that, that I receive on your behalf or of you, compliments of you to me, um, just the great things that are, that are happening in the worship ministry. Um, it, is, it is effective. Um, it is edifying to the church. Um, and we can only go up from here. And so I appreciate you guys looking forward to the future. Thank you for coming tonight. Just your presence here is, uh, evidence that you guys are in support of the church's ministry, or worship ministry. So thank you for that. Uh, let me pray and we will either be dismissed or hang out, whatever you want to do. Let's pray together. God, thank you for this group of folks. Thank you for the privilege I have just to be a part of them, um, the responsibility I have to lead them, God, I pray that you would uh, help me in that. I pray that you would, um, that this ministry would not be uh, independent of your Spirit. That we would not just depend on ourselves, but God, we would depend on you to lead us. Um, God, I pray that our ministry is contagious. We pray that our our energy and our um, just all of you Our love for you is contagious um, So that we can in, in some way using our gifts We can build up the church To uh, worship you daily Not just weekly but daily um, Once again we thank you for music We thank you for the opportunities It provides to worship you We love you I uh, pray that you bless these people um, Bless their time Bless their um, sacrifice for coming here on a Sunday evening to listen to me ramble. Um, I pray that you would give them energy and focus and that they would have the best week ever. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.